0: Hello again, friend. What makes a strong woman strong? I love listening to women's stories about their lives to find the jewels to answer that question. And you know, one thing I hear again and again, it's that no matter how strong these women seem today, they all, I mean, all went through a really tough time, but they didn't stay stuck in that tough time. At some point, they had an aha that whatever they were doing wasn't working. They realized what they truly valued and who they really were. And as they changed course, they had to put up a figurative fence around areas of their lives to operate differently. Those fences are healthy boundaries, and there's no way to live like your nail color without them. On today's episode, I talk with one of these strong women, my gal pal, Jennifer Foxworthy. Jennifer had a 21 year naval career flying combat missions and three wars and busting through military stereotypes. All pretty heroic stuff. But she was losing the battle of having fulfilled her personal life until one moment where it all came to a head and she had a breakthrough. Though you may never fly a helicopter or be part of a military operation, What Jennifer began to understand and implement will help you set up your life to soar. I can't wait for you to meet her. By the way, I always ask my guests to take my quick quiz to determine their nail color persona and what their fave nail color reveals about them. It's a fun way to get to know them before we dive into our conversation. You can take the What's My Nail Color Persona quiz too. Just go to livelikeyournailcolor.com. Forward slash quiz. Or you can use my handy shortcut, MyNailColorPersona.com. Answer three quick questions and in your results, discover your specific nail color persona, your built-in strengths, and how to tap into those strengths when chip happens. Again, go to live like your forward slash quiz. Now let's get talking with Jennifer.
1: Tired of so much chip happening? Discouraged by so much downer news? Weary from chronic crisis? Don't let the chips keep you down. Welcome to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast, where the tips of your fingers and toes are ready to inspire you to not give up and to keep creating the business, career, and life you want in each episode we flip the chip and let our fun nail color with that crazy fun name cheer us on to remember our strengths embrace the power of choice see life as an adventure and know resilience is only a touch-up or change-up away get ready for a good time and a good laugh with your host mary foley welcome
0: back live like your nail color gals good to be with you again you know, I started this podcast to create a space where we need to have some moments of lightheartedness and practical ideas to renew our strength, regain perspective, and remember that flipping the chip is just a touch-up or a change-up away. But sometimes before we get to the lighter side of life, we have to go through tough times. I know for myself, I have grown the most through difficulty. And one of those tough times was when I was in my 20s. I thought I had married the man of my dreams. Only to be shocked that he was abusive, yep, including the physical kind, which made him the leading role of my nightmare. Eventually, I reached out for help and I put myself on the road to recovery. However, I didn't just want to remove myself from the situation, I needed to learn how I got there in the first place. And that's when I learned the life changing idea of healthy boundaries. And I say life changing because Understanding and employing boundaries in my life powerfully protected me then and has continued to keep me healthy ever since. And what's so interesting is that every strong woman I've met who is truly comfortable in her own skin has gone through something to earn her healthy boundaries. Today's gal pal is one of these strong women. Jennifer Foxworthy's first career was serving 21 years in the U.S. Navy, including 14 years as an air crewman where she flew in combat missions in support of three wars. She logged over 3,700 flight hours and received four air medals. She also knocked down some stereotypes by becoming the first African-American female air crewman, the first African-American air crewman in the enlisted ranks or from the enlisted ranks, and the first female in-flight technician. Today, she's a motivational speaker, founder of the Unstoppable You Women's Conference, and author of Tomorrow My Sunshine Will Come, memoirs of women who survived domestic violence. One of those memoirs is hers. And today's, she is shining brighter than ever. Jennifer Foxworthy, welcome to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast.
2: Mary, it's an absolute honor to be here on your show.
0: Oh, I am so glad you're here, you know, and we record these through Zoom. We get to see each other in person. I know that in the end it becomes an audio podcast, but I want every gal pal to know I'm looking at Jennifer right now and she's got a big smile on her face and she is definitely shining. And every time I talk to her, it's like that. And so that's why I, that's how I describe you. That's how I experience you. You know, Jennifer, you're gonna have to stick with it, okay? (laughs)
2: <laughs> absolutely i'm smiling ear to ear I, i'm just enjoying everything
0: well um cool and i want to see what happened when you took my quiz what's your nail color persona because i ask every guest beforehand to take this quiz and to share with us what are the results what what did it come out to be your nail color persona and did it nail you so let's start there
2: well i had a trouble uh choosing between green and blue but i chose green and i i call it money green
0: what was your persona were you a glitter gal a solid sister a practical princess uh what which one did it come out and show that you are
2: i was a glitter gal
0: oh okay well and i was just thinking the fact of i was saying that i you know i experienced you as a shining Right. And what do glitter gals do? You know, they put little, you know, they're always shining. They're a little, you know, got a little mm-hmm. color, they got a little glitter going on they're a little bright light. So, OK, so that truly says to me that that nailed you. Do you think it nailed you?
2: Yes. Yes. Because it says you're full of zeal, gusto and positive energy that glows from the inside out. And that's me. I feed off the energy of other people. I love life. I want to see people win. So that just excites me. And I'm a super extrovert. So yes, that did nail me.
0: Share if you would, when you were in the Navy, what were some of the restrictions around nail color and therefore your relationship with nail color?
2: The... The restrictions for the policies and procedures that if you're going to put nail color on, it, it had to complement your skin tone. So with me being like a dark mocha or a chocolate color, um, I gravitated to burgundies and wine colors. Even with makeup, I just think that complements and it, it's not overpowering, but it's a pop of color enough to say who I am and give, give a little bit of life to me. When I retired after 21 years, I felt free enough. One of the first things I did was get a manicure. And I chose the craziest. It might have been orange, I think. Ever since then, I've been picking... Uh, shades that have glitter in it so you're right on the money with the glitter gal i love the glitter look the shimmer and then i also do a cat's eye where they take the uh the magnetizer and put like a little line going through the nail color so just being extravagant audacious bodacious All of those amazing names that us women, adjectives that us women are. Now, Mary, I will share this before we go on. Based on my nonprofit, we help those dealing with domestic violence, human trafficking, and homelessness. Well, each of those social causes have their own ribbon color. So in January, which is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month, I will specifically have my nail color blue uh for october which is domestic violence national domestic violence awareness month the color is purple where i will purposely have my nail colors in that color so just to add i am very conscious and intentional with my nail color
0: yeah yeah you really really are well i really am a big advocate pick a polish on purpose whether that purpose is, woohoo, we're having a good time and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying new things or the purpose is I want to support a particular cause or the purpose is I want to feel a certain way, right? Or remember, so, so this is to me, I mean, it's just such a little thing in a way, you know, I mean, really here, we're taking all this time talking about this thing called nail color. However, we we're able to give it the meaning we want. I want to now ask a little bit more about your naval career because you spent 21 years in the Navy flying combat missions during three wars. I mean, I'm like, OK, yes, don't have a lot of gals I know who've done that. So that's already impressive right there. You received four air medals. And as I mentioned earlier, when I was introducing you, you knocked down some stereotypes as the first American African female just about everywhere you went is what I'm thinking. OK, so, you know, I, I love that fact as well. I mean, that takes strength. That's real courage to have done that. 21 years and then 14 years flying. This is not a small thing at all. And still, you say you lacked healthy boundaries. And as you share in your book, Tomorrow My Sunshine Will Come, your marriage was filled with domestic violence. And the contrast just seems so stark. You know, uh, yeah. Wonder Woman, You're Wonder Woman one moment, you know, and then the one where I can take this on, I can have strength, I can, you know, fight for the cause. And and then on the other hand, the other moment, you have this, I wonder what the heck happened to me. I wonder what happened to my, what's going on. And here's the thing, though, lots of successful, strong women can relate to this. How did this happen to you?
2: So I'll say this. It was a boyfriend and not a husband. So, but it was a five and a half year relationship. And then when I finally had enough sense to walk away, he tried to propose to me, but I told him, if you treated me like this as a girlfriend, what would it be as a wife? Yeah, I and so uh, how did this start? It started in my childhood of uh, not having great examples in the home or around me in my neighborhood. And then when I was growing up, Mary, it wasn't considered attractive being dark-skinned with full lips. And I had many ethnicities, you know, whites, Hispanics, you name it, um, pointing out those very features. You know, children can be cruel. When I was in high school, which is a very critical age for a young boy, a young boy or girl i had three black boys african american boys point out those very same features so that low self esteem and the bullying and unhealthy examples in home in my family created a a cauldron a bubbling cauldron of hot mess
0: <laughs> yeah
2: of, yep. Of not having healthy emotional boundaries, physical boundaries. So I thought I was the ugliest thing walking the face of the earth. And I was trying to fill that void with anybody that showed me any attention. And that led into promiscuity. And many, for parents that are out there wondering what will happen to their child. When they don't have an outlet to process what they're experiencing, it will lead into that. And so I have a quote that low self-esteem is the pathway to self-destructive behaviors. I was looking for love and acceptance and I didn't go inward. I went outward. And that's what created from childhood into my early 30s, the poor relationships, So here being in the military, that was a career choice. And finding myself in 14, 15 years of that 21 years, being a naval air crew, I found myself trying to fit in where I clearly I didn't look like everyone else. The military is male dominated. And then being in the aviation community, flying in airplanes or fixing electronics on airplanes, that's Caucasian male dominated. Mm -hmm. So here you have this bubbly brown skinned woman who is capable, just like these men and change is hard to come by. And that's what I found out. So in each category, I tell people that I was facing a war on three different fronts. I was facing a personal war of dealing with someone who professed that they loved me, but clearly mistreated me. I was dealing with a professional war because I had my colleagues and leadership trying to sabotage my career because they didn't want me there due to my skin color and my gender. And it was three aviation, my three aviation squadron tours where I was the first and dealt with these stereotypes and breaking barriers and then flying combat missions in three different wars, Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Mm. And I tell people because we treat domestic violence like a dirty little secret, we don't want to touch it. We don't, if, you know, it's like the three monkeys, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. If we don't deal with it or acknowledge it, then it doesn't exist, but it does. And because of my elite training as a naval air crewman, I was better prepared to be a prisoner of war than to deal with domestic violence. Mm. And in each one, I compartmentalized because it was survival, survival of this personal war, survival of this professional war, because that was my career. I was holding on to it with every fiber of my being trying to prove that I belong. And then compartmentalizing when I'm in that airplane, that if anything malfunctions or if we get shot down or whatever the case is, I need to be able to compartmentalize to where I can live to tell the story.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's intense. (laughs) So in the midst of that, what happened to you? to then begin to understand the concept of boundaries?
2: With the personal war, it was hard for me to identify the pattern. And when you're in the military, you are trained to seek and know who the enemy is. But when you're in that personal war, you don't automatically assume that the person in it that you're sharing uh, your heart with is the enemy. Right. And we know that domestic violence is about power control and that there's a pattern. I didn't, because we don't talk about it or the way it was framed. I'm like, I'm GI Jane. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm a black woman. I'm strong. I'd be daggone if I let somebody put their hand on me, but you know, we don't cover the verbal. We don't cover the emotional. We don't cover the financial. There was physical, the punches in the stomach, the random slaps across the face, but it was few and far in between. The name calling, it, it, and it really ratchet up, um, especially towards the end. And I, Mary, I believe that I was loyal to a fault. And most women, most people, we are loyal to a fault because we want to see the good in people. We want to believe the babies. I'm sorry, I'll never do it again and hold on to those good times. And that's what I was doing for those five and a half years. But I suspected him of cheating. He was returning home from a deployment of, I think, six or nine month deployment. And his behavior was really out of the ordinary of someone who had been away from their, their, their g- girlfriend for so long. And women intuition, I was like, mm, "There's he's he's getting fulfilled somewhere else. And lo and behold, that ended up being the case. He tried to deny it, but it all came out in the wash. Um, But he was, because he was personally now getting attached in another relationship, he was trying to make me like the enemy to help him feel better about his cheating choice. And it came down to, him or me because he was sleeping soundly in the bed and I'm crying myself to sleep and pillow is drenched. And I'm looking at him like, how do you have the audacity to just sleep knowing that I'm a woman scorned laying right next to you. And I wanted to take the pillow and just put it right over his head. And then it was a lot of self-talk Mary, because I'm like, you know what? This fool ain't even worth my time. And I was like, no, I am not going to end up in jail because of him. And that's when I prayed and had to like, OK, God, this is clearly I'm, d- I'm at the end of this relationship, but I, I don't want to lose the deposit. We were shacking up, playing house. There were so many things wrong with the relationship and I knew better. But again, you're young, dumb, naive
0: and you want love. I mean, right?
2: Absolutely, you're looking for love. Absolutely, and so that's how it happened. Was that me? Suspect that was pouring salt on the wound. It's one thing for you to call me out my name or the random slaps and everything else and the financial abuse, but now you're going. I was loyal. I was faithful, and now you want to go to somebody else who happened to be one of his uh, junior workers. So it was a And I'm like, really? You're willing to risk your career and this five and a half year relationship? But something drastic needed to happen in order for me to move forward out of that relationship. And cheating was that catalyst. Had I not suspected him of cheating, I would have still been in that relationship. And that's putting me first was the beginning of setting boundaries and that positive self-talk of Jennifer, you need and deserve more. And I use my personal situation when I talk to HR professionals or any audience dealing with boundaries because your HR professionals are the gatekeepers of a company and they hear and see so much. And you they need to have their cup filled because they're pouring out to so many. But they are also the ones that uh, hire and fire and tell the, the bad news of we got to let you go. But if they don't understand the dynamics of domestic violence and how someone may be in those relationships... We, uh, the, the great scenario would be leave your personal at home. And when you're here at work, you focus and it's all pro- product, uh, productivity. But that's not reality. People bring their messiness into work. And when someone is in an abusive relationship, they're going to be unfocused where they're constantly on the phone. That abuser is wondering, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? When are you coming home? You better not be coming home late. If your boss tells you you're coming home late, you're going to get it. So that's in the mind of that person all day long. They're unfocused. Therefore, they don't get their job done or it's not done correctly and rework and rework costs money that's why it's so important for leaders to have an understanding and that emotional intelligence to say is there more to this situation than this person being lazy or not getting their work done
0: wow yeah well well we've just you know you've used the word boundaries i've used the word boundaries a lot but i just want to back up for a second because it it's not necessarily always the word that's Or a term that's understood by everyone, right? Um, Right. So I want to know, how do you define a boundary? And, And any examples perhaps that you can give?
2: I believe a boundary, so we all have something that we value. And I tell people the things that we value, we will put a fence or a boundary behind it or around it. So if we value our time, we are going to set a boundary to it where, you can come if you're going to be late, give me that courtesy to tell me, and I can have mercy and grace. Um, people put boundaries around their money, around their family. Those are things that they value. They value their their personal time, their space. Don't come within my eighteen inch bubble. So people's value people their what they value is a little bit different from other people. So, for example, I speak on the seven dimensions of wellness. You have intellectual, physical, social, and cultural, environmental, spiritual, emotional. Those are uh, seven dimensions. And then there's financial slash occupational. So a financial boundary is someone who wants to borrow money. Say if they want to borrow $500, but you have a financial advisor and a goal to have this nest egg because you're saving up to go to Cancun or whatever the case is. People who create a financial boundary will go to their financial advisor and say, well, this person wants to borrow $500. Can I really afford to give that $500? That financial advisor or coach to say, if they don't repay it back, are you okay with not getting this money back? because many people say, hey, can I borrow or can this be a loan? But then one thing or another happens and they're not able to pay back. You don't want to give something where it's going to create animosity between you and that person. So then you can go back to that person and say, I heard you. I know you need $500 or you want to borrow $500. But at this point, with what I have my financial goals. I'm only willing to give $86.50. <laughs> then it's up to that person to decide, do they want to take that $86.50 or go elsewhere? Because me, if I'm on that, I'm, I'm putting a boundary around my goal. Mm-hmm. And if I give you $86.50, then I won't hold that animosity towards you if you're not able to pay it back. So that's how we create the boundaries around our wellness. Will intellectually, physically, people you know don't come with, don't touch me. If I don't know you, don't come within my eighteen-inch bubble. Mm -hmm. You put that out there. You create a boundary. So that's how we create boundaries, is of around things that we value and hold dear to us.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, that made me think of in the last two years when we had uh, with COVID and social distancing. Right. And then it was when those were starting to be released and and some people felt more comfortable getting closer and some people didn't. Right. And there mm-hmm. was a
2: little, mm-hmm. kind
0: of mess between two people. It goes and, you know, there was this now very much overt because it was like, here I am six feet and there's a big line and a big circle around me. Right. This invisible bubble. Yes. Call it. And that's it was kind of a boundary. You kind of say, uh, can I come, can I give you a hug? And we'd have to ask. Right. Right. And then they, if they said yes, not allowed, then they're letting us in because boundaries. are like Yes. A door. Yes. You can come in this way. And
2: when you come out of an uh, unhealthy relationship, regardless of if it's relationship with money, with food, whatever was harming us. When you finally have that situational awareness to say, okay, this was unhealthy. I don't want to go back to that again. I am new and improved. And I want to, and that's why my motto for Inspirationally Speaking is let's get fit. Let's have a fit mindset. And as military, we love acronyms and it stands for focused, intentional, and thriving. What do I need to put in place to where I can be focused what do I need to put in place to where I'm intentional? And how do I, what do I need to put in place to where I'm thriving? Mm-hmm. And let's do that. And that comes with setting boundaries in all aspects of our life.
0: I, um, I truly believe that you can't live like your nail color. You can't live that kind of joyous, stronger, smarter, happier life as a woman unless you really understand boundaries. Uh, Right. Any gal pal listening right now is like, well, I've never really had to deal with that a whole lot. I'd probably say you're in the minority and dang lucky. Okay, in a way, lucky. And what I mean by that is so that would mean to me either you're not aware someone violated your boundaries or you or you really hadn't defined for yourself. And so there wasn't a violation because you didn't figure out what that fence was for yourself.
2: And I think a lot of it goes back to our childhood, depending on what was happening in our home. If we have good examples of uh, communication, of boundaries, of just all those different things that shape who we are. But if you had you know, someone experienced childhood sexual trauma, abuse, neglect, they, those things shape who they are and how they see the world. And many of them will be standoffish, like don't touch me, isolate themselves. And then others are just because their boundaries were uh, neglected and and ran over, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They just will automatically think, well, this is. How it's supposed to be. And therefore, they don't see any line in the sand. They're just coming full on you because of promiscuity and things, things like that, because they don't know any better. So you have adults who had violations in a childhood, and then they are continuing or perpetuating those behaviors. And it's a matter of self-awareness to say. Why do I think the way I think? Why do I feel the way I feel? Why am I acting the way I act? And it's a triangle that our feelings, our thoughts predict our feel our feelings, our feelings predict our behaviors. And we have to get a, that in control. Once we do, then we can start put administering healthy boundaries into place. But you have to get to a point, Mary, I think, of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And for me, I got sick and tired of holding the short end of the stick in every relationship that I, w- I was having. I saw myself as the common denominator. So if I'm having all these poor relationships with guys, they could be just horrible guys, but they're each individual but I'm the, I'm the common denominator that is in this relationship. I can't control them, but I sure as heck can control Jennifer. So let me take a step back. And that's how I manifested my healthy boundaries. And it's always a work in progress because something is new is always coming to my attention. And I'm like, I, if I'm going to be on stage and talk it by golly, I better walk it. And I have an 11 year old son, and I am modeling for him what a healthy woman looks like because I am raising someone's boyfriend, I'm raising someone's husband, I'm raising someone's father. So if he's not getting those healthy boundaries right now, he will suffer and it will continue a generational curse. And once I realize my deficiencies or deficits, It was necessary for me to work on myself, my husband. I don't want to bleed on my husband of what has happened in my past. Like, why don't you love me? You don't do this. You don't do that. And he's like, I'm hugging you. I'm doing this. I'm doing that because I'm bringing in my baggage. So again, it was necessary for me. And then to where we can have a healthy home. And my son knows what healthy communication looks like. He knows it's appropriate to cry. He knows it's okay to discuss and let's talk this out and come up with a strategy. And it's that it's okay for everybody. Let's go into our corners, have our time, our moment, let's think and then bring it back together. So that's how I navigate this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you you had said, self-awareness. And I love that. It really so much as a foundational part. And you said uh, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and also that you talk about self-awareness and self-care as Mm -hmm. the main, uh, tenants of, of, and strategies of how to ready yourself and keep yourself sharp, Uh, And and really in tune for healthy boundaries to share more about the self-care. We've heard so much about self-care, particularly in the last couple of years. um, But how does that relate to boundaries?
2: So self-care. So when you think of those seven dimensions of wellness, that self-care is so intellectual wellness, some things to do is joining a book club, going to networking Events, organizations, financial, self care is being a good consumer, creating a budget, physical, taking walks, getting your yearly mammograms and colonoscopies and well women's appointments and going to your dental. Those are, I see people who are big on spiritual or religious wellness, but they neglect their physical wellness and they fail to understand that they're all connected because you can have the biggest hallelujah and amens every Sunday on church. But if you go to old country buffet and you got five plates of Fried chicken and ham and everything else, and you don't go to the doctors, now you're obese and you're susceptible to diabetes, hypertension, blood pressure, all those things because their immune system is not able to deal with it. So, yes, you're great with spirituality, or yes, you're great with finances, but what about your emotional? What about the physical? Are you volunteering? Do people know that you care? Or are you just isolating? So self-care is so important in every wellness category. The emotional self-care is getting massages, journaling, just self-reflection, looking in the mirror and giving a, telling yourself an affirmation like, I am beautiful, I am worthy. That's actually what I had to do, Mary, when I got out of the abusive relationship. Because I'm like, how do I repair my broken soul? For five and a half years plus, I have been broken down of how ugly I am, or I'm not good enough, or whatever. I'm the enough. I'm not enough. And I took it upon myself to rebuild. And even reading self-help books. Like I love Yalan Van Zandt. And watching movies that build the self-esteem and just caring for ourselves. So I would look in the mirror and say, Jennifer, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful. You are worthy. And I slowly started, you know what, girlfriend, you're right. So it was that self-talk, that dialogue in the mirror.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. It really is. And because you already shared from your childhood, you really have a lack of self-worth. You didn't get poured into that way. And when we're really young, it's, that's a very strong imprint. And to replace that imprint with a stronger imprint as, as in our adult lives, uh, it takes this consistency and it takes, I could say it takes a lot of work. I just think it takes repetition again and again and again. Absolutely. A lot of these, these same messages. And at first, it may not feel authentic and real. Of course, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. I mean, it's like <laughs> that's. You know, that's not your default or enough of your default. I still remember that when I got out of my marriage and I was um, uh, starting to to date again. And at one point I'm dating Bill, who I'm with now, and he called me gorgeous. Now, here's the Mm. thing. I never, ever considered myself gorgeous. Because in my Mm. mind, that's like Marilyn Monroe or I don't know, Sophia Loren or You know, some some gal who's just like over the top, gorgeous, right? Kind of a thing. And um, and I was like, I might be cute, but I'm not gorgeous. (laughs) So I even told him that one time. And he says to me, because I was uncomfortable with it. That's put it, that's why I said that. And I said, Mm -hmm. I said, I don't think I feel I'm ugly, but I don't think I'm gorgeous. I said, that might be kind Mm. of cute, that's fine. And he goes, Yeah, but I think you are.
2: Oh,
0: and is I realized I needed to receive that, you know, other
2: people that's right. Also
0: speak into our lives in a positive way, and then we kind of diminish it, oh,, no, no that's not true. And it's really about us not being comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And you know he, he, I could say, well, I'm not really gorgeous, and but it really wasn't about you know where's the standard anyway, and the description and the die right. I had one, yes, had. His was just as legit as mine, but he was saying it to me, and I had to take that in. And he kept saying it, and he saw how I responded, so he repeated it. And over time, I got more comfortable with it. Now, I right. Many Sophia ran. Okay, just saying. However, now you know, I just I still take it in. So I also then said, well, if you're going to call me gorgeous, I said, let's make a pack. You call me gorgeous, I'll call you good looking. Because I you go he didn't think of himself as very good looking. And he didn't have, and so he was a little uncomfortable at first, but now that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And now the repetition of it, it you know, it doesn't have the same meaning it did or weight it had in the very beginning. Right, right. But repetition and some lightheartedness, and then the, those moments they go, Yeah, but I look at you that way. And,
2: he,
0: and that's and I thought, well, you know what. Because wouldn't you want the man in your life to think you're gorgeous? And I was like,
2: absolutely. That's right.
0: Okay. I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm going to lean it.
2: Absolutely.
0: In. So, but that was a healing. So this goes back to you being a glitter gal and that definition where it's an inside out job.
2: Right. Amen. 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 And I think, uh, I know, uh, well, a lot of women, they struggle to keep a boundary around their peace. And how do we protect that peace or what does that look like is accepting us from the inside out?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a well said, a boundary around their peace. Uh, because chip happens, right?
2: <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Chip happens. That's right.
0: Uh, this is just, this has been great. I appreciate you opening up and your story and, and sharing from that. And also Really, the work that you're doing uh, through your speaking, I know there's several topics that you do and 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 this is one of them, particularly towards women's groups. And so, being able to take your own experience and not only share the experience, but articulate even more, like these seven areas of wellness uh, and where there are boundaries are around them. And um so what i'm I'm curious is is that if you could create a nail color name that any of us could use to have healthy boundaries, what
2: would that name be? Audacious Aqua. What? It would be a combination of green and blue. Okay. And to be audacious, yeah, Audacious Aqua. I don't know. Ah. I don't know. Does it sound good?
0: Sure, it does. Well, but okay. So you love green and blue because that's where you started with as well. Okay. So is the, um. Are there aspects about those colors What that, that really speak?
2: I'm drawn to the water, to the ocean, too. Yeah. yeah, I'm drawn to the water. I'm a June baby, cancer, crab, the zodiac sign. So I love water. And then especially when it's crystal blue or the aqua, yeah. it's just breathtaking.
0: Yeah, it really is, particularly like around the Caribbean. You see the world, yes. oh. but there you know why it's just gorgeous just mm. amazing you're, you're absolutely right and uh you know water is a very soothing and nurturing and healing uh place as well whether it's that beautiful looking water or if it's a river or it's a lake we all get seem to drawn there go to the ocean um and so as we create healthier and healthier boundaries in our lives usually that is parallel to healing and healing and healing in our lives huh and doing it audaciously. I like that. A lot of courage and guts. Okay. I love yes. audacious aqua. Jennifer, for those who would like to learn more about you, get in touch with you, uh, what is the best way for them to do that?
2: I would really love for them to reach out via phone. My number is 410-449-2173. Or they can visit the website, www.inspirationally.com speaking.com or just reach out via social media I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn.
0: You're everywhere. You want to be everywhere.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your inspiration as well as what we can do to create healthy boundaries and like our nail color with audacious aqua or whatever color that we pick thank you so much jennifer it's been fun
2: you are very welcome mary
0: wow that was so real can't you just hear jennifer's strength and life in her voice she so openly shared how she was a warrior as a naval air crewman with a clear sense of herself and her mission while her personal life was just the opposite until she gained the awareness of her own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And here's the key. She wanted something different, something better. That's what led her to flip her situation. And out of that came her seven dimensions of wellness. In this flip the chick segment, I want to offer a way that you can use her seven dimensions to do a quick assessment of your own wellness and where you may need to strengthen your wellness by creating healthier boundaries. Her seven dimensions of wellness are one, intellectual, two, physical, three, social, four, environmental, five, spiritual, six, emotional, and seven, financial. So the first step is to rate yourself in every dimension from one to 10, 10 being you're feeling super strong. If you're feeling super strong, that means you know what's important to you in that area, what you value. And you've put some type of fence around it, that's a boundary. Jennifer shared an example of a healthy physical boundary is knowing how physically close you like to be around others, as well as taking time for exercise. Another example she gave was a healthy financial boundary about how you will and will not share or spend your money to reach your financial goals. Second, for any area that you rated yourself seven or less, ask yourself, what do I value in this area of my life that's missing? For example, you might say, I value my physical wellness, but I don't eat enough of the right foods to keep my body healthy. Or I value my emotional wellness, but I let my friend drain my time and energy with all of her drama. Be as specific as possible, because the more you pinpoint the pain point, the easier it is to address it. Third, start building a healthy fence around what you say you value. Decide on one simple but powerful action you can do starting today to improve your wellness in that area. For example, to start eating better for your physical wellness, create a meal plan for this week and go buy the food or join a group program with a guide who offers a plan and support to implement it. To improve your emotional wellness, stop lamenting with your friend about her latest never-ending drama. Instead, ask her what she plans to do about it, and if she continues lamenting, then end the conversation. As Jennifer said, creating wellness and healthy boundaries is an ongoing work in progress. Even though her turning point and mine for creating healthy boundaries was experiencing domestic violence, which is no longer part of our lives, we learned a hugely valuable life lesson that we continue to implement to this day because life keeps changing and we all need to keep growing. And why not let your nail color cheer you on? Pick a fave color or a new one and give it the name Audacious Aqua as Jennifer suggested, so that when you see your fingers or toes, you're inspired to courageously create healthy boundaries for your personal wellness. You can make good choices to create the career, life, and business you want. One step, one nail color at a time. Look forward to being with you next time on the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Ready to live and laugh more? Know a friend who can use some of that too? Then subscribe at livelikeyournailcolor.com or your favorite podcast app. And share this episode right now with the person who popped into your mind. Together, let's flip the chip to be stronger, smarter, and happier.